0: I want you to think of a dog, got it? Are you seeing a picture of a dog in your head? Let me ask you, what breed is it? Is it a Rottweiler or is it a poodle? Are you petting it as it licks you with excitement? Or are you scared of it because it's growling at you? Different people are going to see different things in their heads even though they hear the same word, dog. It's all about perception. Now think about full-time travel. What do you see? Now entrepreneurship, what do you see? These are all preconceived perceptions that you have in your head. The thing is your success or failure could be directly tied to these mindsets and how you view these words. Are you looking to travel with your family while making a full-time income? You're in the right place. Welcome to Touring Freedom with your host, Jason Wyatt. Hey y'all, I'm Jason and I'm here to help you on your journey to your journey. That's right. This podcast is all about creating a stable online business that you can run from anywhere. If you were interested in traveling full time in your RV, this podcast is for you. The problem there is that there is a big mindset shift that has to happen in order for you to succeed. There are actually two different sets of -of out-of-the-box thinking that needs to happen for you to actually get out there on the road and making money both at the same time. First, the overwhelming mindset is you've all heard it as like the American dream. You know, the steady job, the quaint house, dog, 2.5 kids, and the picket fence. The life everyone tells you that you should have. When you tell someone that you want to sell all your belongings and hit the road in a camper, they think you're crazy. The second mindset shift is the job. Most of us were raised from a young age to, to go to college and get a job, work your whole life, and look forward to retirement. The vast majority of people see this as the only way to make a living. These two ideas in combination make up what most people think of as happiness. But what if you don't see those two things as happiness? What if your idea of happiness stands in stark contrast to these two ideas? To some people, breaking free from these conventional concepts is impossible to comprehend. I remember friends and family struggling with the idea of us going full time. We talked about it for years and kind of slowly structured our lives in such a manner as to eventually make it possible. I guess those changes that we were making were kind of too slow to draw anyone's attention because it seemed that no one ever believed that we would actually do it. They simply had a mental block against the concept. They didn't see it as possible. It actually took us selling our house for most people to believe that we were actually going to do it. They still didn't understand it to the full extent. I think at that point, they just thought that we were going to downsize into the camper and live in a campground somewhere and not go anywhere. They didn't understand that we were actually going to hit the road and be gone. I remember the day my, my wife, Shanna, uh, started talking about getting rid of her car. It had already been sitting untouched at a friend's house for a long time. A particular family member was shocked all over again, just as she was when we sold the house. It was it was that same level of, of shock. She was like, but what if you need to go to work? And to us, that question was just completely illogical. But to her, it was... Another sign that we had completely gone insane. And just as recently as last week, I was discussing my travel plans with another family member. And the response was, but how do you afford all of this? And it was up to me, once again, to attempt to explain the financials of full-time lifestyle and the security of multiple streams of online income. People in these mindsets, these conventional mindsets, just can't comprehend these out-of-the-box thinking, and uh, this it's really just a new age way of living. It's a way to live your life, and, and they don't understand it. Now, what I see mostly in the RV community, uh, most of them are already okay with the idea of full-time travel. They're actually allured by the vision of them on the road. They see full time traveling as ultimate freedom. So changing that type of mindset is not as much of a concern to me with my audience. If you are already listening to this, you're probably already there. But what I see commonly overlooked is how to get there. They're still trapped in the job mentality. Most of the people even in the RV community, many see work camping as the only solution while still others look for some sort of telecommuting job. This is the mindset specifically that I wanna work on in this episode. I mean, do you really want to work for the majority of your life only to rely on bankrupt government programs and disappearing pension funds? And that's even if you make it that far and death doesn't get you first. I don't mean to be morbid here, but relying on the hope of future retirement is just rolling the dice and betting on your health. Even if you make it to retirement, is wasting all of your formative years building someone else's business worth the promise of chrome rims on a wheelchair? I mean, I think not. I'd rather build my own business. And it's not that I can't understand the allure of climbing that corporate ladder. I I get it. It, The exhilaration of achievement, the feeling you get when you see that boost in the next paycheck, the pride that comes over you when others who are all of the same mindset or else it wouldn't even matter, when they congratulate you on on a recent promotion, climbing the corporate ladder is fun. I just have one question. What's wrong with actually owning the ladder? Now, this is where a lot of people jump in and start talking about security. You need that job with a big company because you never know what will happen running your own business. It's just not secure, right? Well, what if we framed that situation in another way? What if I told you that you are already an entrepreneur? You're, You're an entrepreneur right now. What if I told you that you currently run a business and that business is you, your business is a service related business. And your service is to show up at your location of work every single day and perform your current job for your current customer, who just happens to be known as your employer. When we look at jobs this way, it's easier to see the actual reality of the situation. You are already an entrepreneur. The only difference in your business and mine is that while you only have one customer, which is your boss, I have many. All it would take is for one person or a company to make a call, and you would be laid off or downsized, let go, or whatever the newest politically correct term is to use to make firing sound like a nice thing to do. I, on the other hand, have several customers and clients. Each and every one of them would have to fire me before I would be out of a job. And what are the chances of them all deciding to do it all at the same time? Not likely is my guess. In fact, what would be more likely is that if a few people started to fire me, I would start to see a trend forming well before I was fired by them all. This would give me a chance to realize that it may be time to change directions. The market may have turned. And it it would be time to change focus uh, uh, in that portion of my business. I call this the pivot. And understanding the pivot is key to understanding entrepreneurship. Now, when markets change, they usually do so slowly. It takes months at the very least, and usually a year or two. So you usually have plenty of time to to realize something's going on and to make that pivot into some other kind of business or service that you may need to offer. Now, occurrences such as the recent COVID crisis are the exception to this rule. I actually lost many clients all around the same time. But if we look at this from the everyone is an entrepreneur perspective, a huge number of people were sent home by their only customer. At least I still had a few more clients to to do work for and that was able to get me by until I could figure out another service to offer and do that pivot that I'm talking about and figure out another service that would offer more longevity. That specific scenario applies to service-based businesses, but in all entrepreneurial endeavors, you are seeing the financials yourself. That means that you can spot the trends. You'll know when there is a change and you can make the necessary decisions to respond to that change. When you're an employee, you are usually kept in the dark about shifts in the market. You don't know where business is going. Your first indication that you're going to have to perform the pivot of your own is going to be the day that you walk in and find a pink slip on your desk. These type of pivots can be the most painful and stressful ones. That's the point where you have to go out and find another single customer to sell your services to, which is you have to find another job, another employer. You see, I not only have multiple customers in my business, I have multiple businesses providing me multiple sources of income. If you have a job, you have one customer, one source of income. I have multiple customers from multiple sources of all combining to ensure that I will always be employed. What most people see as a poor decision resulting in unstable career. In reality, it's much more stable than what they consider normal. And this brings me to my next point. Entrepreneurship is fun. It's fun because you're helping people. I mentioned this in the last episode that it took me several years to find out that helping people was what was key to me. Ideally, if you found the perfect business model for you, it won't feel like work at all. It'll feel like you're just helping people. You know what you are, you are helping people. That's exactly what you're doing. In fact, it's my hope that it would almost come as a surprise to someone to realize that they were actually adding to my income streams. And that's because it's not really my first goal. My first goal is to help people. I could be helping people by bringing a product to the market that enriches their life. I could be helping someone by assisting them with growth of their business. And of course, I I love helping people by providing them with valuable information, as is my intention with this podcast. My goal, first and foremost, isn't to make money necessarily, it's to help people. The dollar bills that I earn, they're simply certificates of appreciation. And the people that I've helped in some way have kindly provided me these certificates of, of appreciation in exchange for helping them. Helping people is what makes the freedom lifestyle possible. Entrepreneurship is also meaningful. It's something that you can take pride in. It's something that you create, not just take part in. It's something that your family can not only participate in, but ownership can be passed down to future generations. By becoming an entrepreneur... You're not just changing how you make a living. You're changing your entire family tree from here on out. You're handing your children and grandchildren a gift, the gift of freedom. If they choose to carry on the business that you've laid out in front of them, they have the chance to experience freedom the likes the general public has never got to experience. There's a reason I call my brand touring freedom. I doubt that I could ever put more simply what is almost a philosophy for me. It really all boils down to that the freedom to tour, the freedom to travel. What it really means is the freedom to do whatever the hell I want because I've built streams of income that are so stable that I can travel full time. It's the ultimate freedom. I mean, you just can't top it. Sure, others believe that they've found a similar freedom because they can travel full time from their RV. They work camp for a few months in one campground and then they go to a gate guard for an oil field the next month or two. But are you really truly free when your travel plans, they have to revolve around where you can find your next gig? What happens if you get to an area you don't like or you're working with people you don't care about? In most cases, you're going to have to find another gig to go to so that you can survive. The trouble is there's no good last-minute gigs. So if you don't like the gig you have or you don't like the people you're working with, you can't just up and leave because the only last-minute gigs available, they all suck. The good gigs get spoken for months in advance. You have to make sure your travels and work are lined up for several months, if not a year in advance. And, And that's not true freedom as I see it. Now, still other people claim that they found true freedom because their employer allows them to telecommute. Maybe they have an IT job or something like that that they can take with them anywhere. Maybe they're an accountant that simply needs to enter data into software or whatever kind of job they have they can perform from the road. That's freedom, right? Well, not really. Not the way I see it. What happens if you're not available when they need you, whether that be for scheduled hours or just for daily tasks that don't have a a set uh, schedule for hours? If you don't have scheduled work hours, there's still the question, how many customers do you have? If you're a freelancer, that's a little bit better. Freelancing can be used as a springboard into full-blown entrepreneurship. At least as a freelancer, you have multiple clients and can't be fired so easily. That's a big one in the plus column. The drawback here is a lot of times in the freelance business, you never know when a client is going to need a job done and you'll have to be there ready, willing, and able. That means you have to be careful of where you travel because you're going to have to have access to internet at all times because when a client needs you, they need you. Now you can see where I'm going here. In these types of telecommuting situations, you're only really freer by a matter of degrees. At the very minimum, you have to be at a location with good internet availability at all times so that you can provide your chosen service to your customer. Now don't get me wrong, work camping and telecommuting are good things. They can get you out there on the road. They're just not what I would consider completely true freedom, you know, true freedom is when you set up income streams that you control. No, I'm not going to push the magic passive income words on you. The streams of income I'm discussing here, they're not completely passive. I don't really believe in truly passive income. Outside of maybe straight up investment income, and and that takes money. If you had enough money to make passive income off of investments, you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast anyway. That takes millions of dollars to invest so that you can live off of that interest, dividends, and returns. And if you don't have that, you're going to have to work some. The freedom comes when you're, you control when, where, how, and with whom. These four things govern how free you are regarding your income stream. And if you're not completely free in one of those four areas, you're not completely free in life. So let's look at those four areas. You can control when you work by how you work. And those two are proportional back and forth. You can control how you work by when you work. And what I mean by that is that you can load up on all of your work and and cram it into a short period of time so that you can take a, a few weeks off or something. You could even outsource some of your tasks so that your input into the operations of the business aren't needed as often. You could even set up a system where people are paying you for things that you've already done or produced. A good example of that is authoring a book. In these type of scenarios, you will have to do work, but you choose how that work is done. The control over where you work is a little bit tougher. In most cases, you will have to be able to access the internet in some fashion. Because of this, the where you work is closely tied to the when you work. If you control the when, then you're able to control the where. You control the how, by simply choosing the method of income generation. I will cover several options of income generations in future episodes. I hope that you will be able to choose several from those that I go over. And that brings us to the with whom. And really, you control the with whom most ultimately, especially if you're in an RV. If you don't like your neighbors, you then move, you know? you don't like your traveling companions, that's another problem. Actually, you know what? That's probably an entire book and podcast all into itself. If you're needing to change your traveling companions, I'm not the guy to talk to. Now let's focus on the biggest benefit of entrepreneurship. And that's the fact that you're actually building an asset. Think about it. If you work a job for 10 years and maybe you just decide you're tired of it, and you quit. What do you have to show for that 10 years? Well, what you have is a lack of income because you just quit your job. That's about it. That's what you got. But if you grow a business for 10 years, you're growing an asset. You're building your own asset that you actually own. You're going to have something tangible. If you decide to quit that business just because you're tired of it, You'll still have something to sell for cash. Somebody out there is going to be interested in buying your business. And yes, you can sell online businesses just as well as any other business. I've sold a couple along the way. But possibly even more important is that you can pass this asset down to your children. As I said before, there's a possibility that you could change your entire family tree for generations. It's a legacy to leave behind. But if you spend your whole life working for someone else, what would your legacy be? At your funeral, there will be some flunky stand-up and say all that standard stuff like, oh, he sure was a nice guy, and you know, he sure was swell. I mean, you know all the standard stuff they say after you die, even if you were a butthead. But if you have built your legacy around a business, they'll actually have real things to say. And they don't just make up platitudes to say up there at the podium they can say things like how you were able to build something from nothing and how out of sheer determination you were able to to create this thing and and how after you created it you were able to help so many with your amazing overwhelming generosity generosity you can't even afford to have right now They will be able to talk about how you've been an inspiration for so many and touched so many people's lives. They'll talk about how you've been able to show your children and grandchildren what is possible and that they can do it, too. So not only are you building an asset that will be sold or passed down to future generations, you're also building a legacy that will be remembered long after you're gone. Now, right here, I want to say a quick word about MLMs. If you're not familiar with the term, MLM means multi-level marketing. These are the LuLaRose and the Herbalives of the world, and you know many other of a long list of so-called business ops where you make mo- more money if you recruit people into it. Really, these can be okay sources of income for hitting the road, but even then, only a small percent of people who join these schemes actually make any money at all. Even if you were one of the lucky few that are able to create an income source from it, and you know, I do know a couple of people that have been able to do it, it can't be considered a real business. With these type of biz ops, as as you'll hear them called, you aren't building a business, you're simply a, a distributor for a company. And, and that's the real business, the company itself. Now, I'm discussing the, the, the possibility of you actually making money at this without even mentioning some of the uns- more unscrupulous practices the, the vast majority of MLMs have seemed to incorporate like, like multiple legs underneath you and all that stuff. I mean, people commonly call them pyramids schemes, but if they were actually pyramids, you know, if they were as simple as that more people could actually make money. All right. All right. Let me calm down before I get myself in trouble here. You know, I just want to say if you like the MLM business model, then start, an MLM. Don't join one. That's the only way you're going to truly build your own asset that you can sell and pass down to future generations. Starting an MLM is is a great business model. I mean, you build an army of people who avidly promote your products to their family and friends, which means you spend next to nothing on mar- in marketing costs. It's 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 actually quite genius if you think about it. Now, if you are a MLM proponent, I, I leave it up to you to decide if this podcast is for you. Many of the marketing techniques I'm gonna be discussing in this uh, podcast will be directly applicable to you know growing your MLM, but I'm not gonna make any secret that I'm not a big fan of MLMs. So if you do continue to listen, I hope that it not only gives you useful marketing skills that you can increase your income, but I also kind of hope it inspires you to actually create something of your own instead of, uh, you know, leaning on that parent company. Now, admittedly, there will be setbacks. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Entrepreneurship is not all unicorns and rainbows. That may be obvious to some of you, but just to put it out there in case any of you th- were of that opinion, I mean, there will be failure, but failure and failing are two different things. And this is something you're gonna have to get your mind around as well if you're interested in, in, in taking these kind of ventures. Failure is a learning experience. Failing is when you stop trying. For most people, this is another mindset that will need to be changed. They try things and hit a bump in the road and they get frustrated and they give up. But failure in the business world needs to be embraced as a learning experience. And it's a chance to grow, an opportunity to get better. I think Dennis Waitley said it best when he said, Failure should be our teacher, not our undertaker. Failure is delay, not defeat. It is a temporary detour, not a dead end. Failure is something that we can avoid only by saying nothing, doing nothing, and being nothing. Rewind that and listen to it again. That, that is a, a, such a potent quote, especially right there at the end. The only way you can avoid failure is to do nothing and that gets you nothing. Do nothing. You get nothing. I, I mean, this concept of failure actually being a good thing is one of the biggest and most important mindset shifts that you're going to have to make in order to be successful in the world of entrepreneurship. You're going to have to be ready to, to fail. You have to be prepared to try things that you're not 100% positive is going to work. You have to keep a positive outlook even in the face of adversity. And it's not an easy thing to do. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it is. But as I told you in the last episode, this is a no sugar zone. I'm I'm not going to sugarcoat it and and paint it, uh, paint a pretty picture that ignores this reality of struggle. It's difficult, but it's one of the most rewarding experiences that you will ever have. On the bright side, the Internet has definitely made the struggle so much easier. You know, 25 years ago, entrepreneurship meant that you had to invest tens and sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars into a physical location on a street corner before you, you knew that your idea was even a sustainable business, much less a profitable one. Today with very little upfront investment, you can start a business because the internet allows for cheap virtual real estate. You can also have a fair level of certainty, that you will succeed because you can research the market for your business idea before you ever even start it. The level of certainty that you can achieve with entrepreneurship today, combined with the amount of freedom that it can reward you with, makes it the only logical way to go, in my opinion. You know, in order to be successful out there on the road, the mindset shifts that I've discussed here need to be made. You know, admittedly, it's not for everyone and and that's fine. Neither is sushi, but I love sushi. If you find yourself being the type that is attracted to these ways of thinking, you are the type of person that I created this podcast for. If you're not quite there yet or, or find yourself struggling with some of these concepts, I invite you to continue to listen. You might be able to change your mind and and, and 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 kind of get into that mindset after you understand more of what I mean by these concepts. Now, if all this sounds good to you, but you don't know where to start, I want you to do two things. First, head over to the Touring Freedom Facebook group. I've made a quick little link for you to find it easily. If you go to tourfree.me FB, it'll take you straight there. You won't have to search for it. Go ahead and join and introduce yourselves. Make a post uh, showing where you are on your journey and, and, and where you hope to be. The second thing I want you to do is just keep listening. If all this sounds good to you, you'll find out how to do it for yourself if you just keep listening. Make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss a new episode when it's published. And yes, it would be nice if you rated and reviewed this podcast, you know, all that other stuff that you hear every other podcast say, rate, review, and subscribe. It does help others find the podcast and it helps them get the same help you're getting. And hey, if you like the show, tell a friend. If you don't like the show, tell an enemy. Just tell somebody. That's all I got for now. I'm Jason Wyatt, and I'll see you on the road. Thanks so much for listening to Touring Freedom with your host, Jason Wyatt. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit touringfreedom.com. On Twitter at TourFreeRV and on Instagram at Touring Freedom and Facebook.com slash Touring Freedom. We'll catch you next time on Touring Freedom.